Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Maine Golf Talk. Zach and I are joined by Mike Dugas today. Mike is the head golf professional, owner, manager at JW Parks in Pittsfield, Maine. Uh, I guess we call him Mr. Everything because he's up there and has multiple tasks. Um, and he's also the head golf coach at Hudson University. Mike, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Well, Appreciate you guys having me on the show. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you coming on. And so how's, how's the start of the season been up there? Yeah, well, uh, I would say interesting at best. Um, you know, it's been busy, um, certainly without, you know, a lot of things to do in the world right now. Um, golf is one thing that you can do. And, and I think people are feeling fairly safe doing it, being outdoors and, you know, um, <laughs> As I said to Heather Johnson, who I went to high school with um, back at Skowhagen, I sent her an email and I said, Heather, I don't know, <laughs> social distancing is at its best in golf. The closest you'll ever get is the first tee box to one another. I said, once you swing the club, <laughs> they're all over the place. And uh, she didn't respond to that. That's so funny. We've seen so many like memes of that, like where one guy's on – you know, one side of the fairway, the other guy's off in the woods or something looking for his ball. That's great. Right. Uh, so, so tell me about, you know, JW Parks and, you know, what's your staff look like and, and everything that goes on at the club? Well, um, you know, we're, like I said, we, we've, we've had a, a busy start to the season. And, uh, you know, the staff is, um, you know, it's good. I uh, just – lost one of my key staff members, my son, Gavin. Um, matter of fact, we're leaving tomorrow. Uh, he starts a job at Oakmont. Um, so I'm not too disappointed about that. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's going to be a void that I'll have to fill. He did a lot of my, uh, since he graduated Husson, uh, last year he started teaching and was doing a lot of my teaching here. And, um, so, you know, that adds a, a, another dynamic for me um, because, then, you know, I, I take that role back over again. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's been a little crazy. Uh, hard to find people right now. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Zach's seeing it up there. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Uh, you can stay home and make a grand a week uh, through the end of July. Um, you know, it's not a bad gig. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, we're we're definitely on our short staff uh, side of things, and luckily for us, we've kind of know that most of our staff members are getting that thousand a week, and it's really kind of helping us kind of feel better about not having to bring them on. And it just, you know, for for us, it's kind of been really interesting with how the season's kind of gone. 
Um, we've mm. seen a lot more afternoon play um, with a lot of the second homeowners from Boston, Connecticut, Portland that now are working from home. So they're staying up at uh, Sugarloaf and they work till four o'clock. And all of a sudden we see this crazy influx of golfers from right. four to four forty-five. Uh, really crazy actually. Yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely changed. I mean, it, you know, I mean, God love it. Um, it <laughs> talking to some people today, I said, you know, if there was ever a time that I was glad to be from Pittsfield, I guess it's right now. You know, we, we're not having, um, you know, the cases are minimal. Uh, Somerset County, I don't know, 24 cases, 23 are recovered. Um you know, it, it's, uh, we're, we're pretty fortunate that way. And, and, you know, people are just happy to be out. I mean, it, even if you're short staff, they don't seem to mind. <laughs> it's just, they're just glad to see other people. So, uh, I, you know, you were talking about how, uh, you're losing, losing Gavin and, uh, you know, from looking at all of Henry's pictures from talking with Henry, I mean, it sounds like he's got a lot of free time. So if you know, if you need anybody to do any instruction, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah uh, you could double dip you know come from martindale and uh you know do a, a day or two a week up here or something you know um i don't know he he might get into irrigation work the way things are going down there oh great yeah what so what's gavin what's, what's gavin going to be doing at oakmont um well he's actually uh he's going to be doing junior clinics uh, outside operations and range. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but this is a, a little hidden gem. Devin Gee, who is the head professional there, is from Newport, Maine. Uh, he was a member at my club. Uh, him and I played in the pro junior together down at Gorham Country Club. And, you know, um, it was interesting. Uh, I signed Gavin up for a couple corn ferry tour events and, you know, yeah. Okay, dad, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, I could just see that that really wasn't like, you know, exciting to him. Not like she said, when do I leave? You know, God, I got to get out and practice, you know, but what do you think? I need? You know what I mean? It, it wasn't that excitement. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to throw Devin another email because I'd emailed him a couple days or a couple years ago when Gavin was still in college, hoping he might get an internship down there. And, um, so I sent him an email and he replied back and, um, you know, long story short, uh, had his staff in place and he called me eight 45, uh, father's day morning. And, so, geez, I, I got two spots open. Uh, is Gavin available? And, uh, you know, I, I, how can you not be? That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I just listened to a podcast, actually, with Bob Ford and about yeah. his, his, his sort of upbringing there and how quickly he became the head golf professional there. It wasn't a, wasn't a really long stretch. So, you mm. know, that's a, I think that's going to be a great spot for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, Devin's only the seventh golf professional I think they've ever had. 
And I actually, um, you know, I don't know that he would remember me, but certainly I remembered him when I worked at Ballon Isles down in West Palm uh, in the bag room, you know, Mr. Ford used to come out there and play and, you know, him and I, you know, I mean, he's just a nice guy, right? I mean, he, yeah. he knew I was in the PGA, you know, took an interest in me, you know, would have a conversation with me. I mean, you know, not an interest to, hey, you need a job, but how's things going? You know, how's, how's life treating you? Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's really kind of, um, you know, I'm just hoping he can, uh, you know, he's got Maine roots. Um, I think he still wants to return to Maine. Uh, you know, I, I think he likes it up here. Um, you know, so yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I mean, I'm going to miss him. I ain't gonna lie, but it's time. Well, that's great. You know, it gives him a chance to spread his wings. And like you said, maybe come back down the road and, and just for context, you know, Bob Ford being the head golf professional at Oakmont has since retired, but he's also head golf professional at Seminole, which is where they held that first mm. match out of the COVID break. So that's, uh, he's, he had two good uh, gigs there for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, Devin's already talked to me about, you know, making sure he was available for winter work. So nice. you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really hopeful. And of course, you, you know, you guys both know I got Eric and, you know, Eric would, you know, he wants nothing more than to be with his brother. I mean, they've got a pretty, unique bond and um so i'm hoping that that can work out uh moving down the line because you know now you really take my staff <laughs> take them both but you know what are you gonna do i mean you know i can't uh i can't right. fault them for that i'm jealous hey, i'm not gonna lie i want to see if devin's got a job for a 50 year old you know washed up golf pro that can fix golf cats and irrigation heads <laughs> Uh, I doubt he does. Uh, All right. So Mike, uh, you know, for the listeners that don't really know much about JW, um, can you tell us a little bit about the history and how you took over, uh, the ownership there? Sure. Um, well, the history of the club, uh, John Dana was a math teacher at Maine Central Institute and Johnson W. Parks had given them Maine Central Institute a bunch of land and John Dana was working I believe if the story goes the way I believe it to down at Lakeview which was in Burnham in the summer because he taught and then he had the summers off so he had convinced the school that they should open a golf course on this land that they had so Lo and behold, they did it. And I, we have, our sign says 64. I think first golfers played here fall of 65, maybe 66. I can't, I don't have exact on that. So um, I met John Dana in 1973 and I was four. And John was a good friend of my father's and who, you know, you guys obviously know through the history of the main PGA was a golf professional up here as well. Um, at that time was an amateur and John got me my first club when I was four. So I used to play here when I was four. 
and played there for a few years. Um, moved away, uh, got in the business. I'm working in West Palm Beach uh, at Ballon Isles, traveling back and forth between a club in uh, upstate New York called the Anandasas Private Club, working for Larry Starzl, uh, well-known rules official um, in the PGA of America, wrote the marking and defining uh, pamphlet for the PGA of America. Working for him, I get a phone call. Are you guys, uh, we hear you're looking to purchase a golf course. We're wondering if you'd be interested in JW Parks. So I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. My wife is from Pittsfield. She grew up here, attended Maine Central Institute. I'm from Skowhegan, right? We're going back to, let's get back to Maine. And so that happens because her father owned a paving company. And he, he either needed to make a substantial investment or he needed to sell out. And he, he was at a point where he didn't want to make a substantial investment. So he decided to sell out. So he contacted us and said, look, if I, if I buy a golf course where you guys come home and run it because I'd like to have my grandchildren around me. I want them to grow up around me. So I met a guy in Orlando at Orange Lake Resort named Rick McCord. Rick McCord was the owner of the Swings the Thing Golf School with Dick Farley. And they had a school in Pennsylvania, and they had one in Orlando at Orange Lake. He brought me in his office. He was director of golf. And he said, Mike, he said, what's your goal? I said, well, I'd really like to be a head professional one day. I'd like to have my own club. And he said, Mike, you need to change your goal. I said, really? He goes, yep. He says, you need to own a golf course. You need to be a golf course owner. So when that chance came up, I was like, man, you know, this is perfect. We're going to set the world on fire. <laughs> Little did I know. Um, so in 1995, in October, my wife and I drive up here from New York. It's probably one of the driest summers that we had had to that point. Pull in the parking lot. Now, Mind you, this is 95. Our course has a $400,000 maintenance budget out in New York. I drive into JW Parks. The only thing that's green is the top of the first tee box. That's all I can see. That's the only place there's green grass. There is nothing. And I'm going, what did we do? It, this is Fortunately, there were nine greens that were green but that's all they had water for was teas and greens um so yeah and the rest is kind of history from there so been here ever since yeah yeah it's that's incredible um yeah i mean most most i mean i'm thinking of mingo springs mainly of uh not a lot of irrigation out there i mean they pretty much pull a hose around 
18 holes and you know some of these golf courses are fortunate like us and all that but i mean that's that's tough tough when you only have greens and tees with uh with water flowing and i I don't know about you guys zach and certainly down i i know you know i've been following uh martindale's irrigation issues i mean i'm watering every night um you know we put irrigation in in 2000 uh single row system all tees and greens automated comes on at night uh you know i'm running i've been running for the last two or three weeks got an unlimited water supply and i still have spots that are that are burnt i mean i just can't keep it wet enough uh, yeah it's it's you, same same thing up here uh i mean yeah. granted we have the river and you can tell it, the river's definitely gotten lower and lower as the week's gone by and hopefully yeah. this week we get uh we get some rain but you can definitely see it the last couple of days especially with as much play as we had that you could see some uh tire track marks in the uh the rough there's a couple brown out spots and it just challenging to keep uh keep up right now yeah henry how's it going down there i mean i i know nick and uh scott is it scott who um uh, has the maintenance superintendent? yeah scott yeah, yeah. The, cor- the course is in pretty good shape yeah we had we had a little bit of a dry spell it and with the i think we had like three lines break so uh yeah. but those are back up and running and i think they've done a good job uh, you know, getting some of the greens, uh, a nice coat yeah. of water and yeah. Nice. But I, I, I think this, this dry, these firm conditions, they help you out so you can keep up with Eric and Gavin, right? Yeah. Not, come on. Well, trust me. <laughs> trust me. They're not hitting it any shorter because it's dry and firm. <laughs> uh, it, it just, yeah, it, it gets me in a different spot for sure. But yeah. you know, I haven't had any golfers complain about the, the role and, um, you know, they're, they, we all like it. Uh, so we got to, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't mind having revenue every day either. Yeah, so, exactly. Maybe last talk, year. Yep. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we got to talk a little bit about, you know, how you got into the game and then your playing career. I mean, uh, being on the Hogan tour and, uh, you know, all your, all your, your accomplishments helping you kind of carry that over into, uh, I guess, the coaching world. So love to hear about that. Yeah, it was, you know, it was kind of interesting. Um, it, you know, I went, to, I went to Florida my sophomore year in high school so that I could play golf. At the time, my parents were divorced, and I'd spend the summers down there and then come back here. And so I'd just get good you know, what I felt was pretty good. And then I'd have to go, go back home, not play. Um, so I, I got to the point where I was fairly good. And, and, you know, another little interesting tidbit, I mean, I grew up playing with Gary Nicholas and Mike Nicholas and, you know, all those, all those guys were the same age and, you know, uh, it, it was kind of fun. We used to pick on a couple of them and, you know, Gary was a pretty good player and, you know, played a lot of junior golf with him and high school with him. Um, so that, that was kind of unique. And uh, what was really special is uh, whenever we had a major event in high school, you know, Jack and Barbara were walking there with them. And, I mean, that was just a pretty large contingent. 
Um, so I was lucky enough to get a scholarship for uh, the College of Boca Raton, which was an NAIA school down in Boca, which is now Lynn University, um, predominantly foreign. I got to know the coach, and he gave me a little bit of money. And uh, freshman year was a little rugged. Fall semester, spring semester, I played pretty well. Um, the top five average on the team. And he decided that, you know, he didn't think I was going to win anything. So he took the, took the money. Not that it was a lot. And I said, well, you know, what am I going to do now? This is kind of like a defining moment. You know, I didn't know anything. I didn't know there were schools up here, you know, Division three, Division two. I, I didn't know any of that. I just wanted to tee it up, you know. Um, so I got looking at it, and I'm like, man, I, you know, I want to stay in golf. But I really don't want to go to college. <laughs> I don't like school. Uh I'm like, man, I want to go someplace where maybe I can do some school and tee it up. So I was like, what's the, what are these golf management programs? That's my deal right there. So I got looking at it. And, you know, of course, at that time, it was like Fair State. There was only a handful of them. And I said, well, shit, you got to get a four-year degree doing that, too. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, just, I don't know. That's what I want to do. Don't ask me how, but I stumbled onto the Golf Academy of America, right? At that time, it was the Golf Academy of the South, and it was in Orlando. And you could go 16 months dead ahead and do uh, what they called an associate in golf operations management, which tied into a business degree. I said, man, that is for me. I can tee it up every day and get some education. And a lot of the curriculum was rules of golf, club repair, teaching, you know. So that's what I did. I did 16 months there. Um, you know, kicked around on the mini tours a little bit, threw some resumes out. Uh, Panabi was hiring at the time. And, of course, you know, I wanted to come back home. And back in that time, I mean, you're talking 91. Panabi was like the place to be, right? I mean, it was it was the Portland Country Club of the North. I mean, you just didn't get in there. You didn't play there unless you played with a member, you know. But I was like, man, I would love to get that job. So I apply and I – you know, I interview, don't hear anything. I apply at Green Meadow down in Nashua. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Frio family, but Green Meadow was the 36-hole cash cow that got them started. Um, and that guy offers me the job right on the spot. Uh, so I take it. I need a job. The next week, Panabi calls me, offers me the job, so I don't get it, right? I mean, I, I just couldn't tell the other guy, no. I mean, I, you know, I told him I would. And so, so yeah, that's in the 90s. And, you know, and I kept playing. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it, it's kind of all over the board. You know, I was playing in some Ben Hogan stuff, uh, you know, trying to qualify for some tour events, trying to make money. I mean, I never really had enough money to play, you know. I mean, I had plenty of game. Uh, I just never had any money. Um, so we got – I finally just said, well, you know what, I'm just – you know, I'm going to stay with this PGA thing. And, you know, within three years of getting out of the academy, I became a PGA member. Um, went to work. I worked at Green Meadow for two years. Went to Yanandasis and worked for Larry for three. Um, unbelievable job. Uh, he he was an incredible boss, an incredible mentor. And Patrick O'Keefe was the director of golf at Green Meadow. Um, you know, those three, there was three men that were extremely instrumental in my life. And uh, obviously, may rest in peace, my father, Bob Dugas. Um, huge driving factor in my golf career. Um, Patrick O'Keefe and Larry Startzel they really shaped the golf professional that I became um, and, and understanding and helping me, uh, you know, enjoy the people that play golf and, and being able to run a club and, um, you know, make sure that I'm getting the money that that's owed. And um, so, yeah, that, that was, so I kind of, after that, I mean, I'm getting off on tangents here, but, after that, I, I got this bright idea. I met a guy named Matt McDonald, um, who I'm sure you guys know. He's an easy-go owner. At the time, he was with Club Car. He's like, man, you guys ought to open up a golf cart dealership. You know, I'll sell you some used cars. And, you know, he's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get into this, right? I mean, I should have been on playing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, here I am. I'm in the prime of my career. I'm in my 20s and 30s. I'm out pumping golf carts all night. I mean, I'm dry, literally driving all night. I mean, day and night, some days, moving these golf carts, trying to make a buck. And I, I look back at them like, man, I should have been teeing it up. Um, so, yeah, I kind of went on that tangent for a little while, and then I got out of that. And 2013, 14, started focusing on my game a little bit more. And he got back into shape a little bit, qualified for the National Club Pro back-to-back, um, you know, and, and you know, I think if I was – I think if I was playing a little more, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have a little more success at that stuff. But uh, the golf courses, and Henry and, and, and Zach, you guys know this, the golf courses have gotten longer. And, you know, it, a 260-yard straight ball hitter. <laughs> I'm hitting hybrids into a lot of greens. You know, and that's just the, the world I live in. But, but I ever, love it, and I, I had some great experiences. Did you ever play at the Woodlands when the Hogan Tour was there? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard I stories. In, uh, um Oh shit! Tom Lehman shot sixty four. Yeah, I mean that place was so hot. I shot. I went to the Monday qualifier, shot seventy five, and got in. And it, and it was lift, clean, and place through the green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they held the qualifier at the at Woodland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, it was hard as a rock. Fourth hole is the hardest on tour. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And they, they took like, of course, now they, they have like two qualifiers. They take eight. But back then, I mean, it was like a four spot like you were doing on the tour. And, and they, they took like eight or nine at the Woodlands because nobody wanted to come up there and play. <laughs> I mean, it was so it was just so hard you know um so yeah that was interesting it, it was fun because uh i i got to play in the event with chris mcclure who was the head professional there that um i don't know if you guys know ann mcclure um she taught a lot uh and she was there at the time too but i i think i'm not sure um, I hate to get this wrong, but I think Chris also had a bout with cancer and, and uh, lost his battle uh, while he was the head golf professional at the Woodlands. And so, I mean, we had an incredible crowd following us uh, playing together. And, yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable experience. Yep. All right, Michael, we're going to uh... – we're going to have to get you back on. Uh, we'll talk college golf uh, next time, especially once we find <laughs> out about what's, uh, what's transitioning with, uh, with fall sports and if we are, are not having uh, golf in the fall. But uh, we always wrap everything up with a uh, wicked fire round where we ask you uh, a couple questions and you got to answer them as fast as possible. All right. Your uh, – your top five favorite golf courses in Maine? Waterville, Perpudic, Samoset, Belgrade, and the Loaf. There we go. And, and you can take those in whatever order you want to put them. I'll put, I'll, and you know, you know which way I'm going there. I'll, I'll put yeah, the. Uh, I, well, I, I know that, but. Uh, favorite hole at, uh, JW. Number six. Why? Well, even at my length, it's a drivable power four with a great risk reward. Um, it's just, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you can make a two there, you can make a six there. It all happens real fast. Mike, do they still have the barns as uh, as the tee boxes? Like those little houses? No, no. Oh, my gosh. Back in the day playing junior golf there, I was playing with somebody. He just wrecked one of those. Just blistered a drive right into this thing. Just blew up. Yeah, that's why we don't have no funny. They, they can't stand an incoming shot. <laughs> All right, Zach, sorry to interrupt your uh, wicked Uh Yeah, you got me, got me all uh, thrown off there. I was imagining you just <laughs> wrecking, a, uh, wrecking one of the T-markers. Uh, so uh, let's go with uh, what, uh, what would you change at JW if you had the opportunity? Unlimited resources, whatever you got. I would change my clubhouse and I would make it more into a, well, here's what I would do. I would turn the house into a bed and breakfast uh, with a game room out in the old pro shop. You know, I've got a pool out here. 
I would change the clubhouse so it would be two-story, open, um, you know, open barn structure with a, with a deck out off the back porch. You could watch people hit down 10, come up 9, hit into 8. Uh, you know, it would really be a unique, uh, unique setting. And uh, final question, if the Dugas family went and played golf, who would uh, come out victorious? Well, obviously you got to go with age. But, <laughs> uh, you know, here's, here's what I can tell you. I won Friday night. Uh, maybe that's the first round we played against each other this year. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but. But I did win Friday night. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, you had you have the uh, the title right now. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to beat those boys on the scores. For me, you know, it just they they just hit it as you guys know. I mean, Henry hits it long. I mean, I played played with Henry and John, and you know, he hits it long. It's it's a different game uh, at that length, and you know, God love them. Yeah, that's why uh, you and I need to play together. You'll uh, yeah. feel a lot better about yourself. <laughs> exactly, Zach. Yeah, it, hey, a cold Bud Light and a couple 260 drives right down the middle, and life's good. Yeah, if you come up to the state of Maine, maybe I'll uh, talk to Don. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get that worked out. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, kind of off the record, Henry, what are you guys looking at for fall? I mean, are you guys, uh, guys going to – gonna be a go or it's still up in the air i mean yeah i'm sure you're in the same situation and um yeah yeah we'll just have to see how it goes but uh it sounds like they're at least gonna try and get the students back but you know right. until it until that decision is uh made public i'm i'm just kind of waiting to hear at this point yeah but yeah i got an email yesterday from uh rad and you know, he wanted to know uh, what I thought or what any coach thought the percentage of students would take a gap year mm. if we didn't have athletics. Right. Now, I, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I mean, I'm not coaching anybody going to the PGA Tour. I'm not coaching anybody that's transferring D1. Why the hell are they going to take a gap year? and start their student loan process. If they're in the third year of college, they take six months off. They got to start paying their student loans. Mm. You know I mean? Why are they going to take a gap year? You know? Yeah. I said, I, you know, I told Eric, I said, look, if they don't have, if they don't have golf in the fall, I said, you know, just turn professional, get, because he wants to be a club pro. I mean, that's what he wants to do. There's no, you know, there's no hidden secrets there. Um, I said, you know, take your qualifying exam and, and you know, jump in. Why why not? What do you got to lose? Right? So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, Mike, with the, the Zoom restrictions we have in place, uh, we'll, have to wrap thing, we'll have to wrap things up. But, you know, experience and wisdom, a – Congratulations on your big win Friday night. That's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. One of my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we really appreciate you coming on. If, if our listeners want to find out more about your club or, or get in touch with you, how do they make it happen? JWParksGolf.com. There we go. Everything they need to know right there. Well, thanks again, Mike. And thank you. For our listeners at home, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Maine Golf Talk. We appreciate any reviews and feedback you can offer. And if you have any guests in mind, uh, feel free to message Zach and myself. We'd love to uh, bring on some new faces, of course. So, and this has been another episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm.